Hey there, and welcome to the Lucky Brain Podcast. I'm Marty Yang. In this series, we talk about the struggle and success of people's journeys going from ordinary to extraordinary. Let's get into it. Okay, we're live. <laughs> we're live. <laughs> <laughs> we're live, dude. Okay. Um, so, for people who are just listening right now, we've known each other forever. Forever. Pretty much. We went to elementary school together, and we've been boys ever since. So Definitely. But I wanted to share this with you. Um, let me give you a little bit of introduction, though, first. So, yes, we've known each other for a very long time since elementary school. And then you went to Alhambra High School. I went to San Gabriel High School, and we kind of we split up. We split up a little we bit. We split up a little bit, like right freshman there. sophomore year, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then we came back together. Yeah. Like, we. Uh, you saw me at a basketball game. You were, you were on the bench, <laughs> and I was passing the ball in. You were like Drew, and I was like Marty. I was like, oh shit, what's up? And they get back on the field or get back on the court. I was like, oh. Yeah, like Drew. So yeah, dude, we lost touch for a while. Yeah. We did freshman and sophomore year i believe we're just uh it was i think we we met up again sophomore year because i only i only played base, uh, basketball for i think like two years okay that sounds about right yeah, yeah. that's where kind of like in your punk rocker days when you had yeah. that, like long hair long curly ugly hair long curly ugly hair yeah okay and then um we kind of rekindled our friendship and then you know we get into like the adult age and it's like man what do we what do we do now we got to get into the workforce and yep. a family bills family bills and all, all that yeah. and one of the things that we were talking about before the podcast is that i'm interested in people who are doing something besides their nine to five job because for most people they don't love their nine to five job but everybody has some type of interest some type of love some type of hobby and if you can make your hobby into a a um like viable business or um second income second income side hustle whatever you want to call it and grow and continue to grow and continue to grow until that's your primary source of income or at least a good source of your income i think that's the american dream man as right. as far as i can tell yeah so um when did this first start getting in your mind uh so originally uh, it was probably so I mean, I've been producing music for a little, oh, little less than two years, uh, and it just kind of just sparked. You know, I was going to a lot of raves, I was going to a lot of uh, a lot of festivals, and really, really like really dug the music. And you know, we played in a band. Remember when we were kids and we were high school, and you know, we played a show, and we were always I always played music, but I never felt like I could get band members to like line up, and I got kind of sick and tired of trying to get other people to be motivated like i was so then i just started to i literally went online and was like i'm gonna order this little crappy dj set and i just ordered it and youtubed it and i was like this is something that i want to be able to control the music yeah and i sat inside my bedroom and locked my door and told my my wife which was my girlfriend at the time i was like i'm gonna be in here for a couple hours and I'm going to try to figure this out. Yeah. And then it just turned into like a humongous passion for me, just being able to 
control the music, control the vibe, and try to learn what like DJing was really about, not just like, oh, I want to be, you know, famous and sure. on the stage. I want to learn how to control the music. Yeah. So that kind of sparked it. Very cool, man. I mean, we've always been interested in music ever since we were in high school. We were in a band together. And then, so that kind of sparked your interest because you were interested in the music, but you wanted to have control over what was going on into the creative process without having to deal with anybody yeah, else's BS. Exactly. AKA bullshit. Exactly. It's just too hard to get five people in the same room at one time when you get older. They got kids, they got work, they got bills, they got drama, they got baggage. It's just like, you know what? I'm going to do all of it myself and yeah. see how it works. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a beautiful thing about having a project that you can actually control all by yourself. And it's it's super beneficial. One of the hardest things, like if you watch, I don't know, documentaries on bands, they like I was just watching Foo Fighters, a, a Netflix documentary on Foo Fighters. Have you seen okay. that? No, I haven't seen that. Check one yet. that out. It's okay. dope. It's like the story behind the Foo Fighters and everything that happened. But you know, band members break up. Right. There's all kinds of drama between money and you know recognition and whatever else um, that goes on into creating a uh, creating a band. But it's like you're you're by yourself. Yeah. Mickey Waltz. This is what you do. This is your creation. That's right. Yeah, it's my and it's little a beautiful baby. Thing. Yeah, and it's awesome to be able to just be able to just sit down and you know, you kind of get like an idea in your head and you can just draw it out. You can just sit there for how many hours you want to do and just draw it out. You don't need fancy yeah. equipment. Um, you can just sit there and try to work out your melodies, try to work out this. You don't need to be proficient in like straight up like you know concert piano, right? You can just kind of know, okay, I know these notes. Let me move some notes around and kind of start molding what you hear in your head. Yeah. Now, how easy or how difficult is it to get started? Yeah. So it's it was it's to get started. It's a little bit more of a grind because you have to learn the software. So I started with Ableton, and Ableton's not super expensive. You can get like the intro Ableton and kind of just hop on one leg. But if you're serious, you'll invest into your craft. So I bought Ableton. And I looked at it and I was like, I this is this is this is crazy. This is so hard. I, I didn't know anything at all, and I literally felt like like a caveman, just like with a rock on the computer. Like, yeah. how does this work? It's just it was so hard. So I just kept YouTubing it, kept YouTubing it. And I, I honestly felt when I first started, I was like, I'm never gonna learn Ableton. Like, this is wow. so hard. And then I just I was like, shut up, just sit down and get it done so i just sat yeah. there for hours and i was like oh this is getting easier and easier and easier and then repetition i was like ah oh, this is cake but then it gets into the next level okay i know how to use ableton now yeah <laughs> but my music still sounds like shit yeah <laughs> so now i got to start working on how to you know frequencies and what to cut and stuff like that all the internal workings of how you make music and then that process you know continues to grow and get harder and things change and People do things different ways and yeah. what you might sound good, you know, other hundreds of other people might think it sounds like crap, but uh, the other hundreds might love it. So it's just, that's when the whole creative process comes in. Yeah. So you do collaborations with other people as well. Yeah. Do you outsource any of your technical work to anybody else? Like people who mix and master for you? Yeah. So I, I, I didn't ever. Uh, so I was always ma uh, mixing myself and mastering myself 
the first track that I ever had out, I, I collaborated with a vocal artist, and she went and pretty much had it uh, mixed and mastered by my friend, and it sounded great because we were really struggling like on the synths. So I was like, yeah, send it out, perfect, no worries. Everything else I have done mixing and mastering myself, mm-hmm. and then I ended up finding a guy named Walter, and he does all the mixing and mastering for like Injuna Beats and for a lot of like the main artists that we listen to. Really cool guy. I think he's in like Iran or somewhere. I just emailed him and I was like, hey man, check out this track. And he was like, honestly, it sounds really good. I don't have to mix anything. He's like, I'll just throw a mastering chain to kind of boost the mids and the, and the low end. And that was pretty much it. So I felt like I've gotten to the point where I can mix and master my stuff by myself. Okay. But then certain labels, you know, they kind of want to pick certain things apart. So like I send it to one label and they say, oh, the mixing doesn't sound that great. But then I'll send it to like another sound engineer and they're like, dude, it sounds legit. Mm -hmm. So it just depends on whose ear and what label and they'll kind of throw their own mastering chain on top of it, kind of clean up some of their frequencies. A lot of like the trans and progressive house, they'll add more reverb to certain parts because they want it to sound very roomy, very, very full. So it kind of depends on on the label gotcha the reason why i ask is because for this podcast like setting all this stuff is is fairly easy yeah but actually like editing editing the video like you said like when you first start it's like okay i don't know how to do any of this so i gotta learn how to do this and then you spend the time and you get better and better but to be quite frank, man, this is about the extent. It's like I want just a studio where I can just have everything already set up and I can just press record and then we go. Exactly. And then I get all that information and then give it to somebody so that they can edit and do a real good job on it. Yeah. Um, so that is the goal. Is that something that you see for yourself or you enjoy the actual process of creating and mixing and mastering yeah. to completion? Well, from from a lot of like the videos that I've watched and a lot of like the artists that I follow that I've done like their master class and stuff like that, a lot of them master mix and master their own their own tracks. Period. And since I've gotten to the point where I feel like I'm good enough to do that, uh, I'm gonna continue to just mix and master my own stuff just so that I can kind of have full control over my track. And then when I send it to one day, hopefully, and Juna Beats or you know the people above and beyond right where they're sitting there and they're actually gonna you know release my track they're most likely gonna put their own mastering chain on top of whatever i've already done because it has to sound universal to their to their label so i want to be able to make sure that i'm on top of my craft in every aspect because i want to be able to just be like i don't need anybody i could be my in my studio boom, 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 boom knock it all out finish it send it off and be like here hair record label gotcha just post it and we're ready to go that's fantastic they want to add it they can add it right very cool but i want to be able to hone that craft and just i feel like technology is still changing so much right and the plugins changing the sounds changing right the music's changing so i want to be on top of that and if i feel like if i send it off to someone i'm gonna lose that creative edge Mm. you know what i mean i'm not gonna be able to know how to do that gotcha now when you're sending it to labels What's that process like? Do you create a song so you get done mixing and mastering, you get done creating, putting things exactly how you want it, and then you finally have a song? Yeah. What is the process? How do you go about searching for labels? Is there something 
that um, like Above and Beyond or Juna Beats, are these kind of just the premier people or labels that are in the industry and you're like, you know what, let, let me find out what their email address is or how do you go about doing it? Yeah, so they have like demo submissions on their website. Huh, so you okay. can demo submission to them and probably never be heard. Maybe they'll listen to it. Um, I network a lot with the DJs who are in there already. They're already signed to their label. So they're not that big. They're just like me. Gotcha. Uh, but they're already signed. So I'll send it off to them. Be like, hey, guys, check out my track. Uh, throw it in your DJ sets. Like, let me know what you think. Yeah. And then I'll get feedback like, yo, this is awesome. And then I'm kind of like, hey, well, then can you know send it up? So maybe someone else can hear it. And it's just kind of that snowball effect of trying to like send my music out, help them out. And then like if I see them post something because they're they're regular people. I mean, they're not technically like above and beyond. They're just signed to the label. I'll repost their stuff. I'll send out the word, hey, hey, then check out my boy's track. This is awesome. And then I'll send it to people. And they see that I'm not just asking for a handout. Like I'm trying to try and grow their brand and, and network sure. and help them out. So they're more willing to shoot my music over. Mm -hmm. And then there's a, I forget what the website's called, it's like label, label base or something. And it has every like record label, well, not every record, most record labels in there. And you can go by genre and then it gives you the email. So then I have like a, I have like a template and then I'll just kind of change depending on the label. Like I'll change like certain information or if there's certain songs I like in their label, I'll like include them say, hey, this kind of sounds similar to, you know, X, Y, and Z, if you could check it out. And then I send them over like a private SoundCloud link and then they're able to listen to it. They'll let me know, hey, you know, it doesn't fit our, our label or hey, we like it, um, you know, blah, 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 blah. Or some record labels want to mass mix and master it themselves. And I've, sure. I've ran into a label like that where it's like, yeah, we'll put it in, but you got to pay, you know, 150 euros just to have us go and remix it and remaster it to have on our label when it's like, but does it need to be mixed and mastered by your label? Cause it doesn't necessarily sound like it needs to be. Am I just paying 150 euros so that yeah. you can put it on your label? So I've kind of just stirred away from those, gotcha. from those labels. Okay, cool, yeah. man. That's pretty awesome. So, you know, how does it feel to, cause I remember one of the first gigs that you did at exchange because exchange is a very big, not exchange. Avalon. Was, uh, Avalon. Yeah. Yeah. Avalon. And we used to go to Avalon like back in the day and yeah. it was like always a pop and club. And it's, is one of those still premier clubs like in the world. I think I've seen a list of like a hundred clubs in the, in the world. Then Avalon was on that list. Yeah. So what was the feeling like getting booked for that? It was, gig? dude, it was, it was absolutely just like mind blowing. It was, I was nervous and it just, it felt amazing. And uh, I was like, wow, like you said, we used to go to Avalon, we used to party there and they had like yeah. their after hours, we'd be there all night. And I was like, man, I'm gonna play at a club that I go to. This is yeah. gonna be, so it was, it was an absolutely great, great feeling. Yeah, awesome. and, and, I, and I killed it that night too. You we did, did, you did really well. So that, that led to more bookings. Like just me, just like, just being able to just fully just release my sound that I wanted to give out that night, how I wanted to control that crowd and what songs that I played next led to the managers there being like, yo, look at the crowd he's pulling in. Let's, yeah. let's get him back. And then it led to, 
it led to about like nine months of just booking like week after week yeah and it was it was pretty awesome nice so take me back like six months before that where are you in the music creative process where are you in reaching out to try to get book where are you in the networking yeah um atmosphere what is it like six months before that so six months before that it was a lot of bedroom djing a lot of just in my room just hitting the mixing trying to get better at you know everything trying to get better at transitions trying to get better at song choice recording trying to see how my sound levels were yeah uh, and it was just honing that craft and then we we went to me and the wife went to an event and it was i forgot what i think we were at joseph's right right by uh avalon and i saw the dude djing and i and i just kind of just literally was like hey i was like hey baby i'm just gonna go talk to him and see what's up yeah and i just went up to him and it was just like hey you know i'm an inspiring dj you know i see that you're djing here like you know, would love to pick your brain. And he was like, oh, yeah, come back. I have, like, another gig or something like that. So I ended up meeting them again, networking again, just going and kind of doing the same thing, kind of staying around, you know, bought a ticket for, for his gig, you know, to support him. And, sure. and then after that was just talking to him, you know, kind of just getting to know him. He ended up working for cell phones like me. And then it kind of just snowballed into, uh, well, I work for a promoter. I can try to get you on and see what I can do. So at that point, I just kind of heavily started like backing him, like going to his shows, gotcha. which wasn't even that long. It was probably like a month, right? And then he got me like the Avalon stuff. But before that, it was just a lot of just sitting down with my DJ equipment and just trying to learn the best ways possible to like DJ. And then I was going to the Guitar Center and I was DJing on like the ex- really expensive club stuff. And I would go there and take my USB and random songs and plug into guitar center and be there for like 45 minutes and just like dj with their speakers all loud and they don't say anything yeah i've seen people do that yeah they and actually probably encourage it yeah because there's you can sell it they're selling like you're pretty much like selling the product yeah and then i would go and make sure okay well if i'm at the club this is the equipment let me figure out how i'm going to use it so that when i got to avalon i was like okay i know this equipment it's i can do this, this is so easy. so the equipment at avalon they have a, a station for everybody to use you kind of just plug in yeah so they have like the the cdj so they usually have like two depending on where what floor you're on or what stage you're on they usually have like the the mixer and then like three cdjs and then from there you just pretty much just plug in your usb and then the cdjs talk to each other so you just kind of link them up together you can get your playlist and then from there you can scroll load your song cue it up and then and then also too what you got to do is you got to go into record box uh and you load all your songs and then you can add your digital cue points so then you can be like okay well i normally bring this song in in the beginning but mm-hmm. the beginning is messed up so i gotta like re-cue it to like the first bar and then you'll add like another cue like where the drop is or the second drop or you can cue like a vocal chop so if there says like something like yo 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 you know when you're bringing another song you can like hit that vocal chop and yo 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 you can yeah yeah if you want to do you want to i normally did it like on like cool vocals or like just to kind of sound like you were kind of like scratching it a little bit so you can just kind of like depending on where it's coming in or 
yeah. little things to be creative or like if you have an acapella loaded up and you know that you have like a decent breakdown coming down that you kind of want it not to be so flat you can throw the acapella over that flat area and toward now it's starting to build up so the acapella is like building up while the other song is kind of transitioning up yeah so it's just you're layering tracks on top to make different sure. sounds you know what i mean sure yeah. yeah that's that's so cool man and did you have this idea that you were going to dj at clubs when you first started or was this kind of like you were just wanted to do it as a hobby because you enjoyed making making music and yeah. spinning it was just pure hobby there was no clubs no djing um out for people at all it was just something i wanted to learn so it was just like hey this looks cool i, I like seeing and watching djs i was like my uncle's been a dj his whole life i was like i'm gonna buy this little dj set and try to figure out just how it works and, mm -hmm. and how it operates and then i noticed i started to get good at it i was like okay maybe i should try to book something let me let me push my and then it started to motivate me then i started to train like kind of like switch my my thought process i was like okay maybe i really do want to do this um and then it got to the point where i was like i have to do this like i just love it and then i did my <laughs> first show and i was like this is amazing yeah and it just like it just snowballed into that yeah isn't that funny how that happens like you started off with just wanting to try it out and then through that you got good at it and and you gave you some confidence and it kind of just like you said snowballed and i think that's very true for a lot of people but a lot of people don't take the first step in order to buy the dj set yeah or in order to buy the microphone or whatever it is or just start from from ground up or just with start nothing. from ground up from nothing yeah, yeah. but i mean because Everything that we see is the DJ at a rave or some club, big event, and they got sick fucking camera people. They got a sick setup, and they're like, "Damn, like I'd like to do that, but like, what do like I gotta do? I I, I gotta do all of this. I gotta buy this equipment. I gotta learn the software. I gotta network. I gotta go out and actually do it in front of people and do yeah. all this stuff in order to get there. It seems like a daunting process, but I think this is very important that if you just get started you need to see where that leads yeah and see if even if it even snowballs into a passion to want to do it because yeah you might see that end result being like yeah i want that but i'm not i don't want to really do all the work to get there and sure. a lot of people will you know sit there and say they're djs or they're this or that and then in two years from now hey are you still djing i don't even know what you're talking about that was a phase you know what i mean this is a it's a sprint but it's but it is a marathon you have to music is just a marathon you're gonna have to keep running keep going but there's gonna be times where you got to sprint and really work hard to kind of get that next step and i feel like people will look and look at a furnace right and say hey give me fire then i'll give you wood so we we want it sure. we want it now but we don't want to do the work yeah you know i know what you mean completely um so we've done about 23 minutes so we'll start to like close 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 up um you know oh phone's ringing so hopefully the facebook live's still going or whatever but um so we covered a lot of good things man and we didn't have any specific agenda but yeah. you know, i just wanted to come and uh do a podcast because the one thing that i like about doing this podcast and that i've found very interesting is now i'm meeting 
a lot of new people, but also like reconnecting with a lot of old people as well. Yeah. I mean, we haven't seen each other in such a long time. And if it wasn't for this podcast, I don't know how much longer we would have gone without seeing each other. Yeah. So that, this is something. Thank you so much for coming through. I mean, always fuck like we live down the street from each other. <laughs> it took we me seven minutes to get here. It took seven <laughs> minutes to get here. Um, we've known each other forever, but yet life gets busy and we have a family stuff because i mean you're doing so much with your brother and your daughter and you got your wife you got your family you know you got my dogs you got your dogs it's like we're 30 years old now and it's it's not going to slow down and matter of fact it's only going to get busier in my opinion and you're doing your deed your 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 music as well and then i have on that an actual job and you have an actual (laughs) job as well so you know it's just I think it's important to make time for the things that you want to do and the people that you want to see. I think that's something that's very important. And um, so thanks thanks for coming, man. I no, really appreciate it. No, no worries, man. Yeah, like you said, man, my life's been super hectic lately. Um, my brother just started wrestling. So uh, I told him to start wrestling you know, three years ago, but he decided to start wrestling now. So... I've been going to his practices. I go, I roll with him, the whole team. I'm literally doing like a full on practice. Luckily I can kind of get away with not having to drill as much, you know, but if there's an empty slot and there's a kid chilling there and he's not drilling, I jump in and fill that spot and just, you know, help out, go to his tournaments and stuff like that. So that's that's like a full-time job right there just alone, man. That's so crazy. Where do you find the time to do all this? I'm very blessed that my job is very flexible. Um, So I'm able to, I'm I'm sales-based. So as long as I hit my quota, I can kind of move my stuff around. So my clients don't really answer their phone past four or five o'clock. So I'm not really, I'm I'm off at five technically. So as long as I'm, you know, available and working and hitting my number, I'm able to kind of move my schedule around. And that's beautiful. Yeah. That is really, I've worked my ass off to get there, you know? Yeah. So now that I'm able to spend time and help my brother, I'm like, I'm going to go full force and try to turn him into the fastest beast possible to try to help him out. Very you know? cool. So, and then my kid does the, the kids class after from six to 8 PM. So then I'm coaching her on that. And it's just like, all right, let's, uh, let's get this done. Cause I want to go home and go sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is crazy, man. Well, shit, dude. Let's uh, let's call let's call that a wrap. Um, you know, thanks so much, dude. I appreciate no it. No worries. So tell people where they could find you on Instagram or wherever. Yeah, just uh, Mickey Waltz on Instagram, uh, Bport, Bport, Spotify, uh, YouTube. It, pretty much every uh, Apple Music. Just Mickey Waltz. Mickey it. Waltz. Yeah, okay. no E. Mickey with no E. Mickey with no E. <laughs> cool, man. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you guys. Appreciate it.